Well, this morning, in kind of a sequel to what I started last week in that all God's giants have weaknesses, had weaknesses. And based upon that, I want to follow up today with that we're just a simple clay jar. A simple clay jar. So, Father, this morning as we approach this, God, and as the mission is so great, and yet the power of you is up to the mission. So we thank you for that today, and we bless you. We bless you for the workers of past, the generations that served and labored and brought us to this hour and this time in which we live. And Lord, for those workers today that are bringing this, this uh, bringing the others up to and involving them in this very pertinent hour of the kingdom of God and Lord, our nation. So we just thank you. Fill these clay jars, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Andy, if you'd give us the, some scriptures. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. That the life of Jesus also may be manifested where? In our bodies. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives Life. He is pointing out how dependent we are on the Spirit. Dependent on the Spirit. Amen? Yes. There's a word that I want to headline in your mind this morning. And that is unableness. Unableness. Last week when we talked about weakness, it is that element or that part of us that has inadequacies, inabilities. It's that we can be stopped. But yet, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we become unstoppable. And that we want to begin to embrace and not be intimidated intimidated by those inadequacies. For all God's giants had weaknesses. We looked at Moses as he conversed with God and went ahead and explained to God all the reasons why he couldn't do it, that were all related to what he saw as weaknesses, his shortcomings, his inadequacies. Gideon, 
kind of follows the same route as Moses. He brings up all the reasons. Whether it's his personal ability, whether it's his family heritage, who he didn't belong to and what he did belong to. Everything became a hurdle. And as God worked with them, they began to discover that their weakness is not a deficit. Your weakness, your unableness, it is not a design flaw. You and I were designed by God. We are simply clay jars. Clay jars that God wants simply for us as pots to know the potter. Because it's about the potter. It's about what's in the jar and not the jar itself. However, the jar is important, but it's the weaknesses, it's the unableness of the jar that makes what's in the jar shine the brightest. Pointing to, you know, the one who was technically, in reality, in the jar. Think about this this morning. The Apostle Paul, he was afflicted no matter where he went. He faced, you know, those weak moments, those weak times, that unableness. Everywhere he turned, was Paul in trouble? Yes. He said it was so much that at times he was perplexed. You ever doing the will of God and figure on track with God and you just run into, you know, just seem like barriers after barriers and it brings you to a, a perplexity? Well, he discovered something. Yes, he did. You see, Paul even spent a lot of time getting up. He said we're cast down, struck down, but not in despair. There's something about the Lord that lifts us up. Amen? He does. See, the fact that you are a clay jar, it says that God... In the beginning, when he began to create man, he gathered some dust. And out of that dust, he formed that clay jar. And he began to breathe into it. He breathed into that, that breath of life. I believe that there was a, not only a natural life, but a spiritual life that was imparted into that clay jar. And so the fact that it's a clay jar implies imperfections. Imperfections. At the end of this, we will look at the process of how the clay is made into a jar. And as you read this holy book, the more you realize 
that life is not about us. We're not here to get the glory. We're here to glorify God. In reality, God is looking for humble men and women who are not interested in making their name great, but they're interested in making his name great. A grace that's deposited in the clay jar that's greater than your weakness, greater than your failures, and more powerful than your sins. Oh, yes. God is able to overcome through you your unableness, no matter what the challenges or the inadequacies are. Recognizing them, but not focusing on them. Recognizing your weakness, but focusing on the treasure. Focusing on the ability that God has placed within us. It is in this realm that the Apostle Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. We read in the scriptures, he said, our sufficiency isn't of ourselves. How many of you know this guy had a lot going for him? Oh yes, he was well educated. He held powerful office. He was able to get great authority. And he was actually a little mean. <laughs> yeah. But he said, and he actually was born in a, in a relatively, you know, hierarchy of family. Was recognized. He said, it's of no value to me. It gets in the way. My sufficiency. Our sufficiency. It's Christ. It is Christ. Can you buy into this morning that God uses your imperfections for his world-altering glory? Absolutely. Yes, God has chosen the weak things purposefully. It's not a put down. When God says you got some weakness, it's not a put down. You need some cracks so the light can shine through. You see, when he said, don't hide your bushel under a, your light under a bushel basket, he's saying, you need to have some cracks that the grace of God can shine through. You need to come to the end of yourself so you can come to the beginning of me. Yes, the grace, the grace of God in clay jars. Think about it. God exalts weakness and not strength. God will not compete with you. No. 
It won't compete with you. Come to you into yourself. I love what God does. He's, if we get too self-important, he sends us little reminders. <laughs> you need me. You're not that great. Not to put you down, but to wake you up. Don't take my reminiscing to be old age, okay? It's truth. <laughs> I need thee, oh, I need thee every hour. I need thee, oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. We probably live both in culture and in the church in an era that's most talented, most gifted, have more avenues, can I mean, that we can travel and use to make our life easier. And that does not make them wrong. But if it creates independence from God, it, if it diminishes our dependence, you know, on God, we need checks and balances. I count it all, but refuse, Paul said, that I might win Christ. Yes. How can you know some signs that yourself is competing? When you're more concerned with performance than you are impact. When you're bummed when others don't mention your efforts. When you always mention your sacrifices and how committed you are. I like little gauges so I can monitor, you know? Where am I at? God exalts, don't get me wrong. But we don't have to exalt ourselves. God will exalt it. See, God will use you if you will depend upon Him. If you will sing, I need thee, oh, I need thee. You see your shyness, God will use it. Your anxiety, God will use it. And for those that have born personalities, God will use it. Amen. Gift limitations, God will use it. 
Of course, we don't have any in this, this category here this morning, but even if you're not too good looking, God can use it. <laughs> oh, yes. It's a little humor there, folks, okay? <laughs> it's important that we don't quench or restrict the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because it's a possibility. Apparently, it was something that could happen because Paul wrote and said, don't quench the Spirit. Respond to him. You know, he's not talking about, you know, having outbursts, you know. But he's talking about, let there be a flow. Let there be a flow of the Spirit in your midst. Let there be a flow of the Spirit in your, in your life. Don't let your weakness disqualify you in your own mind. It has not disqualified you in God's mind. Oh, hallelujah. God uses that flawed people, so to speak, how the culture would look at us, to share hope with a flawed world. Amen. I like what the prophet said. Not putting wisdom down. He said, but let not the wise men glory in his wisdom, nor the mighty man in his might. But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness in all of the, the earth. God's not taking your wisdom away. He's not taking your talent away. He's not taking those things away. He's asking that they would all point to the creator, the most high, and the loving Holy Spirit in our lives. Yes, there's a maturing process that goes on. There are gaps in your heart and lives with limitations, they still need to be filled. That's why Peter said we grow in grace and knowledge and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, yes. You are qualified today to live for God, to walk with God, and to serve God. Today, amen, you are qualified. Embrace, embrace your unableness. That it's a healthy asset. Makes you cry out, call out to pray. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I've missed, and I will confess to you, I've missed some God opportunities because my unableness was so magnified in me. I've missed some open doors because I saw my weaknesses 
you know, greater than his strength. Well, fact is, in those moments in this time, you don't even see his, his greatness. You are just totally blinded, you know what I mean, by how you see yourself. And I learned my helplessness is a good thing. But it's not a closed door. It's an open door. It's the door that we open that allows the power and the ability of the Holy Spirit to filter into our lives and out from our lives. Yes, you're living in a disposable house. There's clayness to you. But don't be discouraged by your disposableness and don't be discouraged by your imperfections. God works his will in imperfections. Now we're not going about, you know what I mean, magnifying and preaching and telling, you know, I'm weak, I'm weak, I'm weak. No. You're going about saying, God's strong, God's strong, God's strong. Hey man. You don't have to tell yourself weak. The devil will take care of that for you and people all around you. They'll tell you too. Yeah. There's enough of those voices out there. It's what's in the container. That's important. And because of what's in the container, then I must take care, care of the container. Because of what's in the container, I must take care of the container. For it is a display case of the grace of God. For the sake of the content, I take care of the container. Amen? Hallelujah. The good news for you and I both this morning, and even though I've been at this for, you know, 50 years, I understand this morning and perfectly that that my imperfections, your imperfections, the things that seem perishable to us, the devil wants to tell you that you're not quite ready for prime time. But it's not true. It's not true. What makes the difference is that you've been with Jesus. Peter and John The assessment from 
the crowd of leadership. You're ignorant and unlearned. They began to look at their pedigree. I don't know what grade they made it to, but it wasn't qualifying them. But they were in contact with the content. They took note that they had been with Jesus. They recognized, and I mean, their inability, but they also recognized the possibility, the connection. It was Jesus. If been with Jesus. Hallelujah. Have you been with Jesus? That's the key. That's the key. I have so many notes that I checking over here what would be right. Let's say, for instance, that in your life you've quit. Somewhere along the line. That does not disqualify you if you will join again. If you will rise. If you will, instead of stepping back, if you will step up. If you don't let fear keep you down from your potential. But if you let God's grace fill those gaps. Think about it this morning. Peter quit. And he got a whole bunch of other of the boys to go with him too. I'm going fishing. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm bailing out. Oh, yes. That's when Jesus, of course, shows up. You know what I mean? Second chance. See, this thing is not three strikes and you're out. No. Mercy, the grace, the long-suffering, the tenderness of God. When he went to the potter's house, he had to make it a new vessel, but praise God, he made it into another one. <laughs> Might have missed what the original goal was, but he never missed that there was a goal for him. It's the Father, you know what I mean? Making adjustments in the middle of your life in spite of what's went on, in spite of the mistakes or in spite of the, the doors that you may have missed. I'm enjoying what I'm doing more than any time in my life. Because I'm more dependent than at any time in my life. I recognize 
that that weakness is just a spot to be filled. That white might be called a flaw is just a place for God to mend and shine his glorious light. You see, it's God's abundance for our emptiness. That's a perfect match. Your emptiness, God's abundance, is a perfect match. Psalmist said this. He said, the sacrifices of God or the offering of God are a broken spirit, a contrite heart. God says, I'm wide open to that attitude, that kind of heart. I'm wide open to it. Yes. It is true that you will bump into your weaknesses and limitations virtually every day. But it's time to step up instead of stepping back. We're all different. But can you receive this morning that you are a unique person that God has called to do sometimes some unusual things in unusual ways? He's got a job just for you. The definition of bravery and courage. Let me get it, give it to you. Bravery is the ability to take on a difficult situation without fear. Courage is taking on a difficult situation even when you're afraid. Case of point is both Gideon and Joshua. Totally, you know, Fearful. But God says, be of good courage. It's not abnormal to feel your weakness. Neither is it abnormal to feel his strength. In fact, it is supernatural to feel his strength. To whom this might minister this morning. It's time. To leave the disappointed. And discouraged crowd. Leave. The disappointed. And discouraged. Arena. And join. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. I'm going to ask my musicians to come this morning. But remember this. 
that the stone will not fly unless you use the sling. The potential and the power and the purpose is there. But you have the sling. If you want it to fly, sling the sling. Amen. Yes. Let me give you and read a story. Maybe you've heard this before, but it's a biography of Robert Babcock. It's about embracing your weakness and don't let it master you. As a young boy, Robert Babcock made a bomb out of some powder he found in his father's barn. He had a hard time getting it to go off. Sounds like a typical young boy, doesn't it? But when it finally did, it blew up in his face and he was instantly blinded and remained so for the rest of his life. His parents, realizing there was no hope of his sight being restored, took him to an institute for the blind in Philadelphia. Robert did so well and had such a, such a strong will in becoming independent that even as a youth, he traveled home to Michigan by himself on the train. Mind you, he's totally blind. He went on to college and every year was near the top of his class. In 1869, at the age of 18, he began a study at Ann Arbor Medical College as the first student to ever begin the study of medicine as a blind person. You would have naturally assumed that he would not go far, but the fact is, he went all the way. He went to Chicago Medical School and there had to dissect a body, which students with good eyesight find it difficult, find it a difficult task. Sightless though he was, he passed the test to the astonishment of the examining board. After further study in New York, he was licensed to begin a practice in Chicago. It took 10 years to build up a strong practice for obvious reasons. His reputation grew. But as when he made, when he was made professor of the Chicago College of Physicians and Surgeons, that's when his reputation took off. So many honors were bestowed upon him. He wrote three important books that made him a world figure among doctors. His thorn in the flesh was no stumbling block, but was a stepping stone to greater heights of service. Yes, even your flaws can bring glory to God. The cross, it was sown in weakness but it was raised in power. That helpless lamb to slaughter conquered all the obstacles in the way of man's salvation. What looked like 
weakness, when it became empowered, was transformed. And I told you last week, and I'll say it again, that recognizing your weakness is the grave from which resurrection, which power will resurrect you. Resurrection power comes, you know, into the grave of our weaknesses. Maybe this morning you're in the process of being made into a clay pot. The process is that the clay is gathered. Then the clay has to be cleaned of the impurities and the pockets of air that are in it. The clay has to stay on the table until those impurities are removed. What's that simply saying? You need to continue to be receptive to the Holy Spirit. He's not trying to point out your flaws. He's trying to point out the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that's made available for your unableness. Then they shape the clay. It's necessary to stay that clay to stay moist, and that simply would be the shaping of our wills. The I don't want to gives way to not my will, but thine be done. Amen? Isn't that what Jesus said? I don't want to. Just modern vernacular, I don't want to. But not my will, but thine be done. And then there's the firing of the container to make it useful so it can hold the content without failure. So it doesn't have a leaking bottom. And then, of course, it's the using of the container. And who determines the use? The potter. He determines the use. Hallelujah. Yes. As you stand with me this morning. God wants you to stop stressing over your circumstances. Stop stressing over your inadequacies. Stop stressing over I can't because of look at this. No. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show you great and mighty things that you don't know of. They're yet to be revealed. You ever felt helpless in prayer? Oh, yeah. Oh. 
kind of a private time, kind of a personal time, but feel so helpless in prayer. Tears flow down your cheeks. You cry out to God, waiting for God to move, waiting for God to do something. Revelations chapter 5 says that there's a container that's catching your container's tears. That's right. This clay container sometimes has tears. This clay container sometimes has to handle disappointments, failures, didn't turn out like I'd hoped I didn't measure up like I was anticipating but God says he catches every one of them and one of them's lost and then it says When it reaches that point, he tips it over, pours it out, and it gives a kind of an interesting, you know, lightnings and thunders and everything starts to happen. Let me tell you, when God moves, mountains tremble. Absolutely. When God tips over and pours it out, So don't let your circumstances rule your emotions. Lean on the character of God this morning. Hallelujah. Because God wants to use your unableness. Verla. If I might use you for a moment. Feel so unqualified to be in the school. God opened a door for them to have classes in the public school to teach the Word of God. And I think they got 40 some kids or something like that. She says, I'm not, oh God. She said, I'm not even an organizer. How am I going to organize this? (laughs) But yet, she said, yes, Lord. I'm willing. I'll do it. Do we have a song this morning? You're not a failure. You're just a clay pot. No. You're not flawed. You're designed. It might surprise you that maybe not. I, by nature, am an introvert.
what I've learned by the power of the Holy Spirit to talk what he says. Ah. And that's developed and increased over the years. Amen. First time out, didn't look so glorious. <laughs> didn't sound so glorious. Now, <laughs> uh, but you know what? While I didn't recognize it, all those old saints, those mothers in Israel, they saw the light that was there. Thank God that they went ahead and encouraged me along the way. Yeah. Give the Lord a praise this morning. Amen. We'll sing a song and hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't put yourself down. Amen. We're seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That is our position. Yes. He just simply wants pots that know the potter. As you leave today and as you go this week, amen. Shine. Shine for God who you are, where you are, because that's all that he's asking from you. Father, we bless this people. God, we, we bless each day with your grace and your mercy. We bless this young man, God, who's laying it between life and death. We bless the spirit of life in him. We bless the spirit of life in him. We bless the people as they go out and as they come in. In Jesus' name. You're dismissed. Go with God because he's going with you.